Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, the other day I asked on Instagram what areas of your lives you needed encouragement with. Um, maybe some of you saw it, maybe some of you didn't, but a common theme that I saw over and over and over was just so many people are in a season of waiting. Whether you're waiting on a spouse, waiting on a baby, whatever your season is, um, I think we're all waiting on something. Um, if you have everything and you're not waiting on anything, we celebrate you. That's incredible. Um, but I, this morning, was thinking about that. And I went on my Bible app. I have the Version Bible app, and they have so many plans. Any topic you can think of, whether it's diet, singleness, waiting, anxiety, stress, um, hope, whatever it is, they have a plan, multiple plans. So I highly recommend if you're dealing with a certain um, area of your life that is just painful, maybe just look up a plan um, that's already pre-done and it comes with scripture and just speak those scriptures over that situation. Um, but for the next four days, I want to go through a devotion. It is by Susie O'Neill. It is a four-day devotional called No Waste in the Waiting. And I linked it in the description of this podcast. So if you want to click on that link and do it along with me or maybe take some notes, highlight um, I might not read every single, you know, scripture because it's full chapters sometimes, but it's really, really great um, direction if you want to study the word in a certain area for your life. Um, so let's jump into the first devotion. This first one is titled Delay is Not Denial, and that is just such a word in itself. Um, and the devotion says, in Mark chapter 5, we find that Jesus is on his way to the home of Jairus, a ruler in the synagogue whose daughter is sick to the point of death. A large crowd is following, and suddenly Jesus stops as he feels the power, um, that power has gone out from him, and the woman with the issue of blood has been healed, and she had been healed instantly. For Jairus, a desperate father, he wonders why Jesus has stopped. He questions if Jesus understands the urgency of his situation. I can imagine Jairus running his fingers impatiently through his hair and growing increasingly anxious, thoughts popping in his head like corn kernels over an open flame. What is Jesus doing? Why won't he hurry up? Doesn't he know how desperate I am? Doesn't he know how sick my daughter is? I am certain many of you have found yourselves asking similar situations. How many times have you been frustrated when you have asked Jesus to show up and he seems to be stalling? I know I've been there. Someone from Jairus' home ran toward him and the crowd to deliver the news that they were too late. His daughter was already dead. Seeing that Jairus was heartbroken, Jesus smiled at him put his hand on Jairus' shoulder and told him not to fear, only to believe. Imagine the tone of Jesus' voice, calm and soothed like a placid lake. He probably kept the same pace, for there is no need to rush. The one who created time is not bound by it. Jesus already knew the miracle that would transpire. Jairus had so much faith when he came to Jesus, but when his plea went unanswered, that faith disappeared like, a dan like dandelion seeds in a strong gust of wind. I picture Jairus thinking to himself, believe in what? I believed and she died anyway. I wonder if Jairus thought about the woman that had been healed instantly. I wonder if he felt the sting of seeing someone else getting their miracle while J Jesus allowed his heart to shatter. Once at Jairus's house, Jesus found all who were there wailing and mourning, and he exclaimed, why are you weeping? The girl's not dead, but only sleeping. With such an outrageous statement, the people couldn't help but laugh. This Jesus might, must be crazy, for they know that she is dead. At their doubt and unbelief, Jesus put them out of the room. They didn't have the required faith to be in the room, to witness 
what was about to happen. But Jairus was allowed to come in. It was time for Jesus to show him that delay doesn't mean denial. And Jesus raised the little girl back to life, and all were astonished. I suspect none more than Jairus himself. I know that there is something you've been praying about, and it seems like Jesus is in no hurry to answer. You are frustrated, and your faith is growing thin. Just remember that even if it feels like all is lost and that Jesus doesn't care, he is on his way. It just may be that you and God are using two different clocks. Nothing is wasted in the waiting. He makes all things work for good. Nothing is too dead or too far gone for Jesus to restore life. Oh, it is so good. One of the things, um, a lot of you, most of you, maybe 100% of you know our story of losing um, our first daughter. When I was 27 weeks pregnant, we were gearing up. We were planning delivery. We were planning to head back. You know, we were in New York planning to head back to L.A. to deliver, have our first child. We had been trying so hard to start a family. We had our own fertility issues. And here we were about to meet our promise. And it didn't work out the way we thought it would. Still don't know why. I still get messages to this day. Do you know why the same thing happened to be? I don't know why they did every test imaginable on me and on her sweet little self. And um, we, we don't know. But I will say the benefit of not knowing is in order for there to be a reason, likely there would be a reason to be concerned in the next pregnancy. But because they didn't find a reason with that one, there was no reason for me to be nervous in the one that with, with Ashton, with our little girl we have now. But one thing I want to point out that I think is so, having walked through my own situations like this, when Jesus went to the house and said, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. So he's still proclaiming life over a dead situation. And people were basically like, what? No. And they're, I wouldn't even say they're being negative. They were being realistic. Sometimes we have to put those realists in our life who we love. It might be your spouse. It might be your family members, your parents, your best friend. They might be, and a lot of times it's coming from a place of love. They want to protect you. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe let's be realistic about this. But like it says in the story, Jesus had to send people out of the room because they didn't have the faith for what he was going to do. And I just want to ask you, if you're in a season of waiting, maybe just take a quick look around or ask God to open your eyes. Are there a few people that you need to put out of your room while you're believing for that miracle? And I don't mean cut off friendships or cut off family. I just mean who you share that part of your life with. There might be people in your life that when you share that, they don't have the faith for you. And in this season, and when God has given you a promise, you need to rally around people and you need to surround yourself with people who, when you have dips in your faith, you can borrow theirs. And when you dip and you say, oh, I just want to give up. I'm just so tired. I'm fatigued, which by the way, doesn't make you less faithful. It makes you human and normal. But when you have those tiring moments, people that will rally around you instead of saying, oh, thank God you're being realistic or yeah, you probably should prepare for this never to happen. You want people around you who have heard from God on your behalf, um, who trust that you heard from God about a promise for your life, who will pray for you, who will believe with you, who whose faith you can lean on in your weak moments. Um, that entire story is in Mark chapter five, if you want to look it up. I won't read that whole chapter because it's a little long, but it's such a good one. It is truly one of my favorite, favorite um, stories in the Bible. Um, but it says in Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Um, 
second verse here, Habakkuk 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. And that's the frustrating thing sometimes is you have a vision. And this this verse right here says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. That's the thing that's hard sometimes in the waiting is our time isn't his time. And so we have to just remain faithful. And then the last verse here for this devotion is 2 Peter 3. And it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And basically, the whole point of this is just don't give up keep pressing and keep showing up. It is annoying and it is exhausting and it is hard sometimes, but everything is a choice. You can choose to stay in bed or you can choose to get out and and speak scripture over yourself. You can choose to stop believing or you can choose to believe. I think sometimes because our emotions are so flip and strong, I think sometimes we think we're not choosing because it's easy and it's the choice of our emotions, but actually everything is a choice. Everything is a decision. So I just want to encourage you, if God has told you something, if he's promised you something, keep standing on that promise. It is in his word. It will come to pass. Um, I hope that this blessed you guys, and I will see you tomorrow for day number two of the devotion, No Waste in the Waiting. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.